Today, my dear faithful, is the Sunday within the octave of the Sacred Heart. And Bishop Carroll asked me to make an announcement in regard to the Supreme Court decision which overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade case which legalized abortion in the United States. This is wonderful news for our country. And no doubt the hand of God can be seen in guiding the decision and having it promulgated on the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. As we have been saying prayers of petition for the past 49 years, I ask you to offer prayers of thanksgiving and pray that this decision be the seed planted for the moral restoration our country desperately needs. And the epistle is taken from the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 5. Dearly beloved, be you humbled under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in the time of visitation, casting all your care upon him, for he hath care of you. Be sober and watch, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist ye strong in faith, knowing that the same affliction befalls your brethren who are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little, will himself perfect you and confirm you and establish you. To him be glory and empire forever and ever. Amen. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15. At that time, the publicans and sinners drew nigh unto Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spoke to them this parable, saying, What man of you that hath a hundred sheep, and if he shall lose one of them, doth he not leave the ninety-nine in the desert, and go after that which was lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, lay it upon his shoulders, rejoicing, and coming home, Call together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. I say to you that even so there shall be joy in heaven upon one sinner that doth penance, more than upon ninety-nine just who need not penance. Or what woman, having ten groats, if she lose one groat, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently until she find it? And when she hath found it, called together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the growth which I had lost. So I say to you, there shall be joy before the angels of God upon one sinner doing penance. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. What man of you that hath a hundred sheep, and if he shall lose one of them, doth he not leave the ninety-nine in the desert? and go after that which was lost until he find it. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. King David of the Old Testament, my dear faithful, is one of the most glorious figures before Christ. He triumphed over so much, including his own king, Saul, hunting him and persecuting him. 
one of his greatest trials that he overcame was <clears throat> most likely the rebellion of his own son, Absalom. For years, King David's son Absalom had been plotting and winning the support of the people. With pretended kindness and concern, he won the people's hearts, while secretly he gathered followers about him and plotted to overthrow his own father. <clears throat> Finally, after years of this act, his followers sounded trumpets and cried out a great, at a great gathering of the people, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. This, <clears throat> excuse me, by this declaration, he was <clears throat> declaring himself king, that he was overthrowing his father. And many people readily followed him. King David thus had to flee from his own kingdom and from his own son. <clears throat> He went to a neighboring region with those who remained true to him. The traitor Absalom soon sought after David with a massive army. He was intent on finding and killing his own father. The followers of David united to defend their king, and they demanded that he stay behind in the city while they fought to save his life, lest he be killed and their cause be lost. David accepted their judgment, but he gave them one final command before his army left for the battle. The king commanded them, Save me the boy, Absalom. In other words, no matter what may happen, David did not want his son to be killed. His army then headed out to face the vast army of Absalom. Meanwhile, David waited in the city, hoping and praying for his army, but most of all, for the safety of his son. That day, Absalom's army was defeated, and David was waiting in the city for news of the outcome of the battle. Finally, a messenger arrived and announced the great victory. But David brushed this news aside. He asked the only question on his mind. Is the young man Absalom safe? The messenger feared to tell the truth. He answered that he did not know. Then a second messenger arrived, and he also proclaimed the victory. Again, David brushed this news aside and immediately asked, Is the young man Absalom safe? The second messenger confirmed David's worst fears. His son was dead. Like a man reeling from a blow, David turned from the messengers who had given him the news of victory, and he staggered to his room. Tears flooded his eyes as he cried out, My son, Absalom, Absalom, my son, would to God that I might die for thee. When David's followers heard of the king's grief, 
all their joy at the triumph was turned to sorrow. They joined with David in mourning for his son. In this story from the Old Testament, my dear faithful, King David was like the shepherd in today's gospel. That shepherd had 100 sheep, but one strayed and he was lost. Compelled by his love for that one lost sheep, the shepherd left the 99 to find the one that was lost. It was as if that one sheep was his only one. It was all that mattered in his eyes. King David also had a flock of a hundred sheep, so to speak. His 99 were his kingdom, his people, and his own safety. His one lost sheep was his traitorous son, Absalom. When David had regained his 99 sheep, when he had his entire kingdom, his people, and his safety restored to him, he looked only for his one sheep that was still lost, his son Absalom. And because Absalom was still lost to him, all seemed lost to David, like the shepherd and his one lost sheep. But, my dear faithful, who was this shepherd truly that our Lord spoke of in the gospel? The shepherd he really was speaking of was himself. For our Lord also has 100 sheep, all of creation. His 99 are the kingdom of heaven, the choirs of angels, and eternal bliss. Yet our Savior lost one sheep. Mankind had fled away. And in losing that one sheep, it was as if our Lord had lost all 100. His sacred heart burned with infinite longing for mankind. Like the shepherd in the gospel, Christ left the ninety-nine and came down unto earth to bring back, to redeem his lost sheep. He took upon himself weakness, hunger, thirst, pain, and suffering to recover his lost sheep. The sacred heart's love burned so intensely that our Lord sacrificed even his own life to save mankind. And he did this not for all mankind in general, but for each and every soul in particular. Just as David loved his son Absalom and would have given anything to recover him safely, so our Lord loves each soul, but to an infinite degree. With the love of a father, He follows each soul from the cradle to his deathbed. Every thought, every word, every action, our Lord watches over and guides each soul. With infinite care, he calls that soul repeatedly to him so that each soul may share in the glories and joys of heaven. What violence is done to the sacred heart 
when his soul is lost. So many turn against him. So many through the years have betrayed him. So many millions upon millions today reject him. They spurn the love of the sacred heart. With every mortal sin, men do this. Every mortal sin is a great spear plunged into our Lord's sacred heart. At one time, our Savior told to St. Margaret Mary in the Sacred Heart Apparitions, Behold this heart which is so loved men, and in return I receive nothing but ingratitude. What a piteous complaint for the infinite good God to make. So often mankind returns all the good God has done to them with sin. But our Lord made that complaint in the 17th century. What would he say today? How many spears will pierce his side today alone? How many murders, sins of impurities, abortions as well? shall pierce his sacred heart on this day alone throughout our world. Sins assault our Lord's heart. They run his sacred heart through on all sides. And so many souls will be lost because of these sins. But each of these souls our Lord loves with an infinite love. Each one is his lost sheep, his child, that Christ sings to bring back to himself. At another time, my dear faithful, our Lord appeared to St. Mark and Mary as if he were on the road to Calvary again. He was covered with the wounds from the scourging, his precious blood poured to the ground. He was bent low under the weight of the cross. In this appearance, our Lord asked St. Margaret Mary, Will there be none who has pity on me and sympathizes with me in the pitiable state which sins reduce me to? Shouldn't our Lord have comforters? and so much sorrow, and so much pain that he bears. In the Sacred Heart apparitions, Christ begged for this. He begged for someone to make up for the offenses of sinners. And he asked us to do so in a specific way, by making the First Fridays. Our Lord, so offended, so hurt, so outraged by the countless sins committed against him, he has pleaded for his followers to come to him on First Friday to receive Holy Communion and reparation for the sins of men. Can we ignore his plea? There may be difficulties in the way. Yes, it may be simply impossible in some cases, 
But ask yourself, my dear faithful, is it truly impossible for you? Can you make a greater sacrifice to come to the First Fridays and comfort the Sacred Heart? Is it not worth it? If you have already begun to make the First Fridays, then I encourage you to persevere. If you have not, then please begin this First Friday. Let nothing get in your way. Our Lord has made numerous promises for those who practice this devotion. One especially should encourage us. That is, the Sacred Heart has promised to give peace in the families that practice this devotion. The eternal Son of God, made man, promises to bring peace to your homes and to your hearts if you make the First Fridays. Trials, tribulations, and sorrows are part of this life. They cannot be avoided. But even in the midst of such things and the heavy crosses we must all carry, we can have peace. As the Blessed Mother had peace, even amidst of her unspeakable sorrow on Calvary, for Christ reigned in her heart. If you too want peace in your families, in your hearts, and in your homes, you must be devoted to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, individually and as a family. For families that comfort the Sacred Heart will find themselves comforted, for our Savior will be true to his promises. My dear faithful, do not let our Lord sorrow alone in his agony over the millions of souls who reject him in the infinite love of his Sacred Heart. His heart is already so abandoned by our modern world. Let us not abandon him too. Let us rather love him and his sacred heart. Let us make his holy laws of purity and charity the laws of our homes and our hearts. And let us make the first Fridays and make up for the sins of men, including those of our own nation, 49 years of abortions. In this way, we will give such comfort to the sacred heart of our good Jesus, and we will obtain the grace of salvation for many, many souls. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.